Long, way outside for the three. He's got it. He's got it. It's good. Season for Texas, they finished 34 and 0. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 Podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again on this fine morning is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing today? I'm good. Got my hoodie on. Long sleeve weather, man. Let's get going. Is it? Is it? I haven't been outside today, but I'm in Baton Rouge, so it's like seven hours away. I was about to say, yeah, you're, you're a different climate. You're a different climate, so I mean, it could be like still pretty, pretty uh, comfortably uh, shorts weather for you over there. It's supposed to get down to 73 tomorrow, so okay. I might have That's, to dig the hoodies out of the, the out of the hoodie, closet. Hoodies and shorts, man. Let's go. That's honestly. Uh, we don't need to get to it. We got enough to talk about today. <laughs> um, all right. Today we are the West Texas podcast, uh, mm-hmm. previewing them, uh, Texas Tech, UTEP, and Tarleton State. Shout out to our West Texas listeners. Um, I mean, it's just crazy when you look up Texas Tech and UTEP, how far apart they are from each other, just obviously being in completely different parts of the state. But hey, right. West Texas is all uh all one right now so we're gonna start with tech and then move on to utep and then tarleton state at the end obviously three teams of uh very different levels here we're going through uh let's start with texas tech though and we'll start with the men's side first head coach mark adams new coach uh i'll let you take it first go ahead yeah so i mean tech went 18 and 11 last year um they made it they got eliminated by arkansas a really good arkansas team that kind of hit their stride in the tournament and Last year, I mean, it's weird talking about last year because obviously Chris Beard's not there anymore, but I think we obviously expect some continuity there with Mark Adams taking over him kind of being the architect of that no middle defense. What I think was interesting about last year's tech team was it felt like a tech team in kind of transition because they were good. It was, but it was probably his worst team since probably his first year which still says something that they were pretty good. They were still top 25. They're still, you know, uh, without a doubt, a contender in the big 12. But I think that, I don't know if it was just the fact that like somebody like a Mac McClung didn't necessarily fit with what they had done previously, you know, that kind of scoring guard that really is not that great of a defender. Um, And it was just kind of like, just kind of a volume score. And now I think it's weird how, they brought in some transfers. They lost some guys like Kyler Edwards, but now I kind of see more of a, a tech, a vintage tech team. Now you have the, the, the kind of tweener forward with uh, Terrence Shannon, maybe taking over in the same mold as a Zaire Smith or a, um, a Jarrett Culver. And now you bring in, you have that guy like a Marco Santos Silva, who's not a scoring big, who's kind of inside can kind of man the paint. Um, I, you give, you got somebody like a Kevin Obanor who's going to be a big time transfer for them. I like this team a lot. And I, I, I do find it funny that now is kind of like, it looks more like a quote unquote Chris Beard team now that Chris Beard's not there anymore. Yeah. The, the interesting thing, and I think you hit it on, on the head was last year's team was good defensively, 
Mm-hmm. I th- they finished the year eight, according to Kim Palm, 18th in the country defensively, yeah. which is obviously very good. But when you look at it only in conference play specifically, they were sixth in the mm-hmm. Big 12, like only in conference play. And that's really weird for uh, a Texas Tech team. But then if you look on the offensive side of the ball, they finished third in the Big 12, just only in conference play again. So you're yeah. looking at a team that was more offense heavy, more offense centric. Um, they allowed conference opponents to shoot 38% from three, just really interesting. And then they were them themselves were ninth in the conference in three point attempts. Uh, Mac McClung was an interesting addition. I, he was a really good player, obviously, but I don't know if he was great enough as an offensive player to compensate just as I feel like they changed their system at times for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, it was a really good team and, uh, but nine and eight in the big 12 isn't what we expect from Texas tech. I think we expect them to be, you know, a, a 11, 12, win team on a regular right. basis. So um, they bring Terrence Shannon back. They add depth. Like you said, O'Banner, I think is a really good addition. Uh, Bryce and Bryson Williams. So they still have those scores because O'Banner and Williams are scores in the front court there. So you add them with Terrence Shannon, who is going to be expected to put up 14, 15, a game, Kevin McCuller, uh, I mean, whether it's then you have a bunch of new guys, right? Malik Wilson, uh, Sardar Calhoun, uh, Adonis Arms, um, Davion Warren as well can play. So mm-hmm. you just bring in these different players in the backcourt, but then you have these scores in the frontcourt. And now it's like, I think they're going to be really good offensively again. And now it's on Mark Adams to build that defensive culture. Yeah, I'm curious what did they look like offensively because they had somebody like a Bryson Williams and Kevin Obenor who are more scoring bigs, and that's something we mentioned when Bryson Williams announced his transfer. Uh, that was something they never had under Chris Beard was that interior scoring presence. And so now you have two forwards who can kind of score. You have your uh, defensive guy with Santos Silva. One thing I do I did remember last year is that they were not very good in close games. There was that one win against Texas they had. Uh, I think uh, or McClung had a buzzer beater or something. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of it. I'm looking at all their losses. Of course, they lost to Arkansas by two. They lost to Texas in the Big 12 champ, uh, 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 tournament. tournament by one. And then I'm looking Kansas by six, Oklahoma State in overtime by five, um, uh, West Virginia by one, Baylor by eight, Oklahoma State again by four like the uh, Kansas by one, like they were, they were pretty bad in close games. And I wonder if it was that, that step back they took on defense just kind of cost them when it came to late game situations, when it came to crunch time, when they could probably put up a, you know, they had Mac McClung who can get a late bucket, but it was, they weren't able to stop anybody as consistently. And also, I mean, the big 12 just got better defensively last year, right? Baylor obviously took their leap uh, the past couple of years. Uh, Texas was a lot better. And so I think that they kind of fell behind a little bit um, when it just came to the overall production. I mean, Oklahoma State, of course, was another uh, great defensive team. So I think they just kind of fell behind there. Yeah, I'm interested specifically to see what they do with Marcus Santos Silva, because while I think he's a fine player, I don't think he's. I don't think he should start for this team. My starting lineup right now is probably Malik Wilson at the one, even though that could change. Uh, Then you go Kevin McCuller, Terrence Shannon, uh, Kevin O'Banner, and Bryson Williams. That'd probably be the five that I would roll out there. And then you have Santos Silva, Calhoun, Arms, uh, KJ Allen, you know, the transfer from um, Netflix, uh, (laughs) East East LA, um, Mm -hmm. Davion Warren. So you have a good depth there. I'm, just I, I feel like you have to play O'Banner and Williams over over Santos Silva. Maybe, maybe but but Santos Silva the the thing about him is 
He's obviously not a scorer. He's not a very good defensive rebounder, but offensive rebounding, he was about fourth in the in the conference when it came to offensive rebounding percentage. And so I wonder if he becomes that like he starts but only plays 10, 15 minutes a game. Yep. Real and quick. So he's, you know, uh, Bryson Williams or something plays six man. Yep. Real quick. Do we think this team has a higher ceiling than last year's team? Yes, I think so. I 100% agree. All right. Predictions. Let's do it. how many how many games in their conference season? Uh, 18. 18? All right. 18. Um, I'm gonna go 10 and eight. Okay. I think the big 12 is really deep again. Um, I think they will be improved, but I think about 10 and eight is about right. I'm going to go. Yeah. The big 12 is tough, man. I, I want to go 12 and six, but I'm going to go 11 and seven because for reference, they were nine and eight last year. Yeah. They were nine and eight last year. Uh, I'm going to go 11 and seven. Okay. I'm going to go 11. And seven. I can't will myself to 12 and six. Cause I think the big 12 is very, very one up in me again. I see how yeah. it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, uh, I forgot to, to start the podcast with this, but we do set the timer for those of you who didn't listen to our, our last podcast. We have a six yeah. minute timer, six minutes on six teams. So we do not linger on and talk about, um, Kevin O'Banner for 30 minutes here. All right. <laughs> right. All right. Let's get to the Texas tech women's. Uh, let me start the timer. Uh, do you want to take them or you want me to get them? Uh, go ahead and take them. All right. Let's Actually, I, I can take them. I can take them. All right. You got it. Starting All now. right. So Texas Tech, uh, last year was weird for them. The women, of course, lose their head coach to a uh, kind of an investigation prior to the season. They bring in uh, uh, legend Krista Gerlich from UTA very late. Uh, she brings in Vivian Gray from Oklahoma State, all-conference player. And I, for the conditions and how things kind of came together, they were okay, right? I don't think it, the Big 12 was really tough. Um, it was kind of a late patching work to kind of get them all to to get it all put together but i think overall they did a decent job uh krista gerlich i think showed promise in her first year i think this is a team that's going to be able to score play some defense um i'm expecting i don't want to say a lot this year because i still think it's i still think they're about a year away from being really where krista gerlich wants this team to be but I think they're going to be really fun to watch. They're going to be a lot more experienced. They get Vivian Gray back. They're going to shoot really well. I think they're going to rebound really well. I, they bring in some interesting transfers. We've mentioned, we've mentioned Lexi Hightower from D2. We've mentioned Riley McKinney from Argyle uh, coming in from SMU. I think I like this team a lot. I think this is still going to be probably a middle-of-the-pack Big 12 team, but I think we're going to see a little bit more of the wrinkles that Krista Gerlich wants to do. This, uh, this is a team that's going to want to score. They're going to go in transition. I think they're going to struggle a lot defensively, which in the Big 12 is going to be a big problem. But I think this is going to be a very entertaining team that hopefully punches their way to a 500-ish conference record. Yeah, they finished 10 and 15 on the season last year, 5 and 13 in the Big 12. A big stat for me, just looking at their numbers from last year, they shot 5% worse from their opponents from three last year. So their opponents shot 36.4. They shot 31.4. They're not going to be good defensively. (laughs) Yeah, they they couldn't guard the three and they couldn't shoot the ball, which is a – awful combination nowadays yeah. uh, you mentioned Lexi Hightower you mentioned Riley McKinney I think those two and Brianne Scott, the transfer from Arkansas Little Rock will be really really big for this team next to Vivian Gray because Vivian Gray we know what she can do we, she, we know she can score the ball but replacing the backcourt around her is going to be something I'm really excited to see because like you said I think they're going to be able to score the ball at a high level it's can they undergirl it defend the guard position at a high level. Mm-hmm. So that's going to really determine how good this team is. Uh, Taylor Thomas uh, from Arkansas, um, six foot one forward uh, in her senior year. I expect her to start. And then uh, 
Khadija Faye, um, returning starter from their 6'4 center, a sophomore this year. Um, I expect her to start at center. And then they have some good depth. I, I have Bryn Gerlich and Ryland McKinney off the mm-hmm. bench. Um, and then you go other places. I mean, they brought in uh, Tatum Rarenheimer from Oklahoma, Ella Tofano from AM. So, and then you have a, a couple freshmen after that. So, it's it's a it's a it's a decent team. It's a decent yeah. team. It's going to be led by their backcourt, and then you know you have to fill in places after that. I don't know too much about Krista Gerlich at this moment, besides you know because I feel like last year was a was a weird year for everybody. But mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a there's a lot of new faces, and I think we can expect them to at least be a little more consistent on defense going into this year. Hopefully, I mean, if nothing else, just to be capable at times. Sure, sure. No, I I, I agree with that. I think that her record at UTA and what she kind of built UTA into. And I think it, it kind of showed with how Sharika Wright came into UTA and kind of was pretty good in her first year. And I think that shows what Krista Gurley kind of helped start there, that there was some stable foundation. So, you know, rebounding is going to be an issue. Um, Their size is going to be an issue. Uh, Well, not, not rebounding. I should say their defense inside should be an issue. Um, I think they'll be okay rebounding, but um, I think, I think the biggest thing for me is going to be closing the gap. I mean, they're not going to beat Baylor. They're not going to, they're probably lose to Texas both times, but closing the gap because last year they got blown out by those teams pretty consistently. Uh, I'm looking at Oklahoma state 81, 66 loss Baylor, 82, 50 uh, Texas, 72, 53, like closing that gap is yeah. going to be pretty big. And I think they, they'll be, again, they'll be better. They're more experienced this year. I think Krista Gurr like intentionally brought in a lot more experience Um because I think she also knows that this program is pretty close to, to getting to where they kind of want to be. Um, and again, the previous uh, uh, staff was kind of run and gun and Christy Gerlich's not that. Um, and so she, it was kind of a transition in turning that around. So uh, I think she'll be okay. I, like I said, I think this is, it'll be a, uh, they're kind of a year away from really being something interesting, but I think punching up to that 500 record in the big 12, I think that's where they are. And I think that's where I'm going to lean. I think I'm going to go around eight and 10, nine and nine for the big 12. Okay. Um, yeah, they, they did. I forgot to mention they lost obviously Lexi Gordon to um, Duke, mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. And Najee Murray, uh, the other starter in the backcourt, I believe is gone or is gone as well. So they have plenty. That's what makes those backcourt additions. So key for this team is just, you know, how you want to run an offense, the pace you want to play with and everything like that. They dictate sure. a lot of that. Um, Right before the timer goes off, man, it you said you said eight and ten or nine and nine? I said eight, eight and ten, nine and nine. Okay, so you didn't stick to a pick. That's good. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I I'm 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 scared a little bit to to go five hundred. Uh, sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna say seven and eleven. Okay. I, I don't know if I see the the jump coming yet. All right, so I'm gonna one up you and go eight and ten then. There you go. Stick to something at least. All right, I'll cut the timer off. But for the record, the timer was at one second. So there we go. There's Texas Tech's women's team. Next up, up, we got UTEP. Um, I'll take the men's. Uh, This is UTEP men's and women's are a lot of fun this year. So I'm I'm looking forward to watching some El Paso basketball. All right, starting the timer. On the men's side, uh, 12 and 12 last year, eight and eight in conference play um, uh, under Ronnie Terry. Uh, new head coach Joe Golding um, takes over a team that he was like very excited about. If you haven't already, go listen to our interview with him. 
Uh, I mean, he just raved about the athleticism of the team, you know, stepping off the bus, being, you know, able to play with anybody. Last year, they finished 136th in Kimpom, which I, is actually pretty good. Like, that's top third was, of the top I was about to say, I thought it was a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, no, top third in the country. I mean, when you look at it that way, I think that was like fifth or sixth in the Conference USA. So um, they're finished ninth in Conference USA in scoring and seventh in defense. They were just a weird running gun team that relied on hot shooting from boom, Sule boom, Keonta Kennedy, Jamal Bienemy, and obviously Bryson Williams, the man that we talked about at Texas tech. Now um, it returned, they return a lot of talent. And but then, you know, at the end of the bench, they kind of just replaced a lot of players and they went and got, um, they went and got young players, you know, transfers, a lot of different faces, for Joe Golding to work with there. So I'm interested to see how he kind of um, morphs this team because this is the team that I think of all the teams we're talking about today, I don't, I think this is the one that I might, despite us knowing their roster, despite us knowing their head coach, it's mm. still the one we want to like see to like confirm like, okay, how different can he actually play with this team? Right. Yeah. I mean, like this, he mentioned in our interview that he wants to bring that defense from ACU over to UTEP. And it's like, okay, well, what does that look like? Right. You have at ACU, you have kind of a, it's kind of a similar, and to a lesser extent, it's kind of a similar thing to what Shaka tried to do at Texas when he did not, when he chose to not bring that defense from VCU. Right. Cause it's like at VCU. And I think, I think ACU is similar in this way. You have a certain mentality of player. Right. You have a player who's like not getting the big offers, who's very motivated to play this style. And when Shaka went to Texas, he knew he, he didn't have that similar yeah. personality. I think at UTEP, you do somewhat. Um, obviously, guys like uh, Jamal B. Enemy and Keonta Kennedy are, are, were highly touted recruits and they just ended up at UTEP. But I do still think you can have that similar mentality to get some defensive intensity out of this team. Um, it's just about can they do it? Right. It's about do they have like, are these guys good defenders? We don't know because they defense wasn't their focus last year. They proved to be decent, right? They were about average um, when you look at all their numbers. But this was still a team that preferred to get in transition, that preferred to shoot, that um, I'll give them credit offensively didn't turn the ball over a lot. Um, and so I'm wondering what it looks like when they play with a little bit of a slower pace in the half court in transition, you know, ACU like to get, get, like to get up and down the court. So that's, I think where they'll be able to flex their muscles a lot, but what does this team look like when, you know, Jamal B is asked to be a defensive lockdown point guard, right? What's it look like when Keontae Kennedy and Sule Boom are asked to, you know, buckle down and, and not just wait for the outlet ball in transition or on, or, uh, or from three. So um, I'm really intrigued by this team. I think this roster is a nice mix for Joe Golding to kind of really test how, how solid his defensive philosophies are, because if he can turn this team into a defensive juggernaut, I think we're looking at a really interesting team in this in conference USA. Do we think he can do that year one? Yeah, no, that's the thing, right? It's that's like, that's what I'm like. It's, I, I don't it's a, know. It's a lot of it's a lot of players that quote unquote aren't his aren't his players. Um, and is Sule so, Boom gonna defend? Right, exactly. No, exactly. Like, like I, I'm Boom just gonna, gonna ask these questions here. Like I, Titus Verhoven at yeah. at center or forward, wherever you want to play him. Like he's a really just big lumbering big dude who's yeah. 
I mean, I mean, and 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 Golden had that, you know. I was last about to say he had pleasant. He had a, yeah. a, a pleasant. So I mean, yeah, you know, that that and, could be his type of big. Who can and the uh, seven one, the seven one center who Colton uh, Cole. Colton uh, Cole. Yeah, I mean, he so he had some some big dudes, but um, I I just have not seen Tule Boom, Keontae Kennedy, even Jamal Bienemy. I mean, he started at at Oklahoma and then he got yeah. benched and came over here. Um, but yeah, it's. And then he goes and adds. So here's some of the, the new players. Alfred Hollins, I have penciled in as a starter right now as a senior coming from Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Um, at six foot six, um, I haven't seen him play, but I'm just basing on that off of Oregon State and kind of what I know about or what I've heard from him. Uh, then Bonk Maring from Blinn, uh, Kevin Kellu, freshman, Zierik Onyema from Jay, freshman, uh, Keza Giffa, freshman. Uh, Jarrell Staterfield from Ranger College and Jamari Sibley from Georgetown. All those players that I just named at the end, those last five are freshmen or sophomores. So mm-hmm. a lot of youth in the back end there. I I think this is a team that, sh- well, this is a team that shot four more threes than their opponents per game last year, uh, which is good, but then they didn't get to the rim and they shot a lot less free throws. So I expect yeah. more diversity, expect more balance on the offensive side of the ball, but I still think it's going to be a Sule Boom and Jamal Bienemy led team. And they're going to have to score, you know, 15 plus a night, pretty much. Right. Yeah. I think that, I mean, it's a, it's a good question, right? It's uh, Sule Boom hasn't been a good defender in his career um, so far, even dating back to, I think, USF, where he came from. Um, but I think, I think the bar isn't that high because this team was a team that underachieved with the talent, right? Rodney Terry brought in great talent there, but never, it never translated on the court. And so, maybe just a different voice, a different uh, focus changes that because the, the ceiling's there. I think the ceiling's there. We'll see. Um, you want to go with predictions now? Yep, let's do it. Um, they play in a competitive Conference USA West, which we have talked about before, UAB, La Tech, North Texas, three very NCAA-capable tournament, NCAA tournament-capable teams. Uh, Conference USA plays 18 conference games. Um, I'm almost positive of that. It is my conference. I should know that. So it is 18. I'm going to go, man, they feel like a 500 team again, just because I just off the I talent. know, right. Just because of what you, what we know about them. I mean, they went eight and eight last year. And I mean, they, I mean, they had Bryson Williams, but they were so yeah. inconsistent. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go eight and 10. I'm going to go eight and 10. I'm going to be a little bit, I'm going to be a little Ooh, bit okay. down on them this year. I just need to see it. I think more than any of these sure. teams, I need to see it. I'm going to go 10 and eight. I think, uh, I, I think what Golding's doing there is really interesting. I think, again, it's going to be a reversal from what their focus has been. Um, but I think that adding some defensive stability there is going to pay dividends for what a lot of these guys can do offensively already. So, yeah, I'm currently making a doc that saves our predictions. Oh, this is great. Okay. I don't know why I hadn't done this already. A DCTB predictions we're gonna run this back when they just absolutely run through the conference or whatever yeah (laughs) uh i'll tell you it'll be easy to get them on the podcast again if they go 17 and one that's very true (laughs) there you go all right uh the women's do you want to take the women's uh go ahead and take the women's you you did conference usa last year so that's true and i did for the magazine go check out go uh pre-order the magazine or or go buy the magazine if it's out already whenever it comes out all right, let's do it. UTEP's women's head coach Kevin Baker went 17 and 8 last year, 13 and 5 at Conference USA. They 
are expected to be one of the top dogs this year, expected to be in the conversation for the Conference USA Championship uh, with North Texas on that west in that Western division, one of definitely the top four teams in the conference at the very least. Uh, last year, they were plus 2.5 in the rebound margin, plus 2.2 in the turnover margin, but uh, they didn't shoot free throws very well at 63%, but they returned Katia Gallegos, uh, 13.8 points per game last year on 44.3% shooting. Um, and they return a lot of their talent. From last year, I mean, I went down the list of returning starters. You had Katia Gallegos, uh, Destiny Thurman, Avery Kraus, Alina uh, Arika, and then you had uh, Teal Battle, All Sun Belt uh, addition from Arkansas Little Rock, and there's a lot of other new additions as well from uh, Mountain Valley Conference All Freshman Team Marie uh, Marie Petrie. Uh, Gabby Sales and uh, Aaron Wilson, all new players as well. So you got a brand new bench, but four returning starters. And mm-hmm. I think that sets up pretty well for this UTEP team to make a push to Conference USA and potentially be the best team in Conference USA. I was about to say, is this the front runner or at least one of maybe a couple front runners? I have in, them. In I, I probably have them over North Texas barely yeah. at this moment. And so that means they're the best team in the West. And so then... Yeah. Then you get into, you know, the, the East, which I don't, I know less about, but mm-hmm. still, I think they're definitely up there. Top two, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, you mentioned Katia Gallegos. I mean, probably the best true point guard in the state, if I'm being honest. Um, I mean, the offense just absolutely clicks with her. They finished, I think, top 50 in field goal percentage. Uh, they don't shoot the three that well, but I mean, they kind of get what they need inside the, inside the arc. So they really don't need to. Um, they're de- defensively, they could be a little bit better, but I think when they're as efficient as they are offensively, they don't turn the ball over. Um, of course, Katia Gallegos is basically just diming passes. I want to say they're top 50 in assists per game as well. Um, I think that they'll be okay being, uh, sacrificing some on defense. Uh, it didn't really cost them that much last year. You mentioned it, I think what 13 and five in conference. Um, and so I think that's going to more or less continue. I mean, they have that starting lineup ready to go. Uh, the bench will be an interesting thing to, to really check out. But, I mean, I, I think we're looking at one of the best teams in conference, you'll say possibly the front runner. Uh, definitely, like you mentioned, in the West at least. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even mention Massa uh, Vasiliko from mm-hmm. San Francisco uh, off the bench. Uh, Adele Tack from TCU played, I think, 10 minutes a game last year for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, they just went out and got win now players to yeah. put around Katia Gallegos in the starting lineup. And the one concern I do have, which just typing up the rosters and everything like that, that I've been doing on this Google spreadsheet, they don't have a player over six, two. So that's mm-hmm. something right mm-hmm. off the bat. You're like, okay, this is, this is going to be interesting to see because they have three, six, one players and two, six, two players. Mm-hmm. And that's all their size. And so the starting lineup I have as, they have uh, six foot Avery Krause, six two Elena Arika, and six one Teal Battle. But their backcourt, Gallegos and Thurman, are five seven each. Yeah. So you wonder how much defensively and rebounding, what they're capable of on that side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I will say, I mean, Michelle Pruitt last year wasn't a tall player, and they were able to rebound pretty well. Yeah. Um, and so I, I wonder if they just have kind of something there with you know kind of dealing with their size. Um, I think, and they, re, I mean, as a team, they were okay. They didn't get dominated on the boards last year. I they think were plus, they be, were plus 2.5 rebounding margin. Yeah, I guess. yeah. And so I think they'll be, I think they'll be okay. Um, I do find it interesting that 
they did bring in, you mentioned a kind of a win now roster. Cause I think Baker realizes, you know, these next, you know, they list Katia Gallegos as a sophomore. She's probably going into her third year there. Yeah. Um, but I think they realize that the next two years are what they got. You know, I think that they realize like, this is probably the best team we're going to have for a while um, with this, with this player kind of uh, leading the way. So I think that it was pretty telling to, and they got a good thing going. So just kind of keep it, keep it running. So um, I like this a lot. I'm, 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 I'm always nervous being like, Oh yeah, they're going to still be good. Right. I'm always nervous kind of just rolling the continuity, but I think I'm going to go with like a 14 and four. Okay. I think I'm going to go pretty high. I like that. I I mean, they went 13 and five last year. So is that really that bold of a take? All right. All right. All right. All right. But, um, you know, what? 15 and three, let's go. Let's step it up. Let's step it up then. All right. There you go. We've, we've got him on record here. 15 and three. Um, the one thing, last thing I will say about the size is at least they don't have to go against Nancy Mulkey this year. So there you go. You at least don't, you at least don't have to face her. And I will say they beat, they beat, I think they beat rice once last year. Didn't they? I feel like they they split with rice. Let me see. I have their games right here. Yeah. Uh, they did split with rice. Their win, their win over rice was one Oh one to 89. Oh my God. God. Rice probably hated that game. As as defensively as they are. 100%. 100%. Shot 12 of 28 from three, 43%. Um, I like this UTEP team a lot. I think they're going to be able to shoot the ball. I think they're going to be able to score the ball. Uh, I think they just have a – they don't turn the ball over a lot, like you said, and I think they have a system in place to rebound effectively. And I'm taking them to win the West um, and mark it down. I think they make the conference championship game in whenever that is March. So I'm not going to guarantee them to win it. I probably should hey, guarantee them to win this, but win it, but I'm not, I'm just going to say that they make it at the very least and have a not chance to go to the tournament. So um, I'm going to put them at, I'm going to go with you 15 and three. Let's do it. Let's go, 15 and let's three go. On, on the UTEP train over here. <laughs> 15 and three. I'm tight writing it out. All right. Minor basketball is cooking this year. Let's do yep. it. Let's do it. UTEP basketball, all in, all in. Mm-hmm. Do they have a slogan over there? I think does Joe, uh, Joe Golden needs a slogan. Whatever. Isn't it? Isn't it picks up? Right? Isn't that thing? Or, oh yeah, that's their school slogan. Pick pick. Oh, em. their school. Oh, you mean like pick uh, the yeah the pick them max? Yeah, but or pick them minors. But um, yeah. you mean yeah. like a basketball slogan or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll they find need, it. something. Yeah, we'll, we'll get something. something all right. I'm surprised you didn't <laughs> wear a UTEP shirt. Us. Oh yeah. I completely forgot. You know what? Yeah. That's, that's Man, on you. I need to step it up. It's unacceptable. I'll, I'll save it for when we interview Joe Golding again, and then I'll, I'll wear it for him. So <laughs> we're just complete homers at that point. We're, oh, hundred percent. Joe Golding got me. He got me fired up when we talked to him. What are you talking about? All right, let's do it. Let's move on. Let's talk about some Tarleton state basketball. Uh, Ish, I can guarantee you, I was the only person in this world up at 1 AM looking up Tarleton state basketball stats. I guarantee you that. <laughs> I I think that's pretty safe to say, yeah. Guarantee, guarantee. Yeah. All right, do you want to take the the men's? Yeah, yeah, I'll take the men's. Um, head coach Billy Gillespie, of course, uh, brought him back when they jumped to Division One uh, last year. I mean, it, it, it was it was okay, I'd say. I mean, with the, the WAC is a really tough conference, um, and unfortunately, it got kind of tougher. They finished 500, five and seven in conference, which I don't think is bad for, you know, a day, kind of a D one, a D two coming up. I think it's pretty okay. Uh, coming into a pretty tough uh, mid-major conference. And that was their first year up, I believe, right? Last year. I um, 
So they bring in Billy Gillespie, of course, veteran head coach, formerly of Kentucky, formerly of AM uh, and Tech as well. And I think he showed a lot of his co- oh, the reason why he, they brought him in. They were pretty okay. And so they weren't really atrocious in any way. Um, they had some decent stats. I mean, they were, they didn't turn the ball over. I think they took, they forced turnovers pretty okay. They shot the three pretty well. Um, and of course they had some deficiencies, right? They weren't very good at free throw shooting. I think they gave up a lot on the boards. Uh, but again, tough conference debut in D one finished 500 pretty okay. Unfortunately for them, uh, the whack just got 10 times tougher <laughs> overnight. So I think, unfortunately, this is going to be a, uh, another, a, a, a quote unquote setback year, just because I think that they're going to be playing one more games, more conference games, but also tougher conference games. Now you have ACU, you have SFA, you have Sam Houston coming in and it's going to be kind of a, a reset year somewhat. Um, unfortunately for them, because I think that there were some pretty interesting things set in year one under Gillespie, but now it's going to be, all right, cool. Here comes three, four of the toughest teams that you're probably going to face all year. So uh, what a, what a, what a team last year's team was just, and I didn't watch Toronto state last year, but um, I knew enough about them not to watch them. And so mm-hmm. the statistically, this is what the crazy part is. They shot 175 threes in 12 conference games, yeah. which is nothing basically what 15 a game, let's say. Right. Um, their opponent shot 287 threes. So you're getting outshot per game by a significant margin. And then their opponent shot 35.5% from three. Um, and they and Tarleton got to the free throw line less than their opponent. They got out rebounded by mm-hmm. seven per game. They had 3.5 less assists and only blocked 24 shots. In co- this is all in conference play. Right. I was looking at, I was like, how did they finish five and seven? I was about to say, and then they scrapped together a five and seven. <laughs> I was like, I'm just like looking this up at again, one in the morning here, just like trying to figure out what I'm missing here that allowed this team to go. Like I'm telling you, so I'm telling you, they didn't turn the ball over and they forced turnovers. They just, they was hectic. They were first in the nation in steel percentage. That's nuts. That's their, nuts. Their steals, yeah. Their steals number is crazy. So that's, yeah. and the, the steals, I remember seeing that. Um, in conference, I think they had 90. And, they didn't, and again, they didn't turn the ball over. I want to say they were, golly, I want to say they might have been. Yeah. Uh, they, they only had, they had under 20, uh, 18 ish turnovers a game. And so, like, when you're forcing 25, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, the turnover margin. Yeah. I mean, there's, and steals are live ball turnovers. And so that's, those are yeah. even bigger than just straight turnovers. Right. Uh, so that, that's, yeah, that's, that's what it was. Um, they return. Uh, senior guard Montre Gibson, uh, 15 points a game. They return senior forward Jonathan Jackson, nine points a game. Uh, Freddie Hicks at four. Their leading, leading rebounder last year is back. And Taj Small, another starter, is back as well. So they have, have a little bit of um, cohesion there. Uh, yeah. It was weird looking at their season stats just because there were a few like Division two games where they just beat the breaks off teams like Dallas Christian, 103 to 48. And Howard Payne, they beat by 60. So that's why I went with the conference stats specifically. Um, I, like you said, the WAC is going to be a lot better this year. So how much can they really do? Uh, they were so such an inconsistent team last year, kind of relying on those turnovers. Uh, you know, they second game of the season, they go and lose to, to Texas A&M by seven. Right. And then they go and lose to Abilene Christian, who's going to be in their conference now by 21. And so it's like, 
you better get ready for more of those Abilene Christian games because even if it's not Abilene Christian, it's going to be Sam Houston State. It's going to be Stephen F. Austin, and you're going to just right. you're going to have to grit your teeth and actually like you know put some consistency, consistent performances together here. And they ended the year last year winning seven of the last nine. Somehow, yeah. I mean, I think so. What's interesting to me is that they bring back basically their backcourt, right? They bring back Shamir Bowes, they bring back Montre Gibson. You said Shakur Daniel; those are the guys that kind of sparked that. You know, I'm looking at 37, 32, and 27 steals on the year. Um, and I believe Jonathan Jackson Jr. is still there as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so those are their four steals leaders right there. And so you're looking at guys that really contributed to that style of play. Uh, they did lose, I'm trying to think of uh, the Russian, uh, Konstantin Dotsenko, who was their second leading scorer behind Gibson. He went to Samford. Um, and so, you know, they weren't a very good scoring team as it is. And so you lose some scoring punch there. How much does that affect you? How much can you really just rely on that defensive intensity to kind of turn things over? Um, especially when you add a defensive juggernaut like an ACU coming in who also returns every mostly everybody. Um, so, yeah, it's... It's going to be, it's this season's going to be really fascinating because they could be better and finish with a worse record. Yeah, that's exactly what I was, that's exactly what I was thinking because like this, the conference with, with it being more difficult, like, and I don't know how much better they can get. Like they return a lot of players. So yes, in theory, cohesion wise, they should be, be good. Mm -hmm. And offensively, they have plenty of. Damn, that was loud. They have plenty of room to work with offensively, but like defensively, I don't know how much better they can get here. So um, we'll see Billy Gillespie's second year. I'm interested to watch it. Um, I hope they shoot more threes this year. Um, yeah. I'll definitely tune into a game or two here just because we got to see them play Abilene mm-hmm. Christian and Sam Houston State. So predictions in, I don't know how many games their season. Uh, uh, 18. They're 18, 18 as well. All right. Um, I will go first. I will say seven and 11 yeah um see the problem is like they're pr- the, the the top of the conference obviously sucks for them the bottom isn't that great yeah and so like i don't know if they sink to the bottom or kind of hover in the middle so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go nine and nine i think they'll be in the middle somewhere i think they'll be i think they'll beat up on the teams like no offense utrgv uh probably a lamar chicago state i think they'll beat those teams but you know, New Mexico State, Seattle, ACU. Yeah, yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> they beat they beat UTRGV uh, both the games in the season last year by double digits. So, you know, I think they'll maybe, be five hundred about yeah. the same. Yeah, that's a that's a safe prediction. All right. Shout out to Tarleton State. Yes. Uh, and any Tarleton State listeners we got here. All right. Yeah. Shout out to them uh, with that because with this next preview is going to be pretty bad. So. The, the the women's. <laughs> Starting the timer. Oh, yeah. You want to take it? Oh, yeah, you um, got it. You okay. Got it. All right. Um, I apologize to any Tarleton uh, women's basketball fans out there. Uh, this team was not good. Um, I'm looking at all their metrics from last year, and they were basically bottom in or bottom tier in basically everything. Um, I mean, again, it's uh, the it's tough transitioning to D1, right? That should be that should be my my number one thing. They were nine and 16, four and 10 in conference. Not horrendous, but again, transferring up. And you also add, of course, we have to talk about the whack this year. You're adding a lot more. This is a team that shot the free throw well, 
And that's kind of it. I mean, they were like, I'm looking at assists per game. They were only average 10 a game. Uh, rebounding, they got beat on the boards. They gave up a lot of easy looks. They couldn't really shoot that well. I want to say they were under 35% from the field. They're going to be more experiences here. Their defense, is, I think it's going to be a little bit better because if you want to cling to something, you know, they, I think uh, they held their op- opponent's pace was, they were able to slow things down, I think yeah. probably uh, a lot. And so I think that they were able to get some block shots. Some they were able to f- uh, force teams to foul them a little bit. Uh, that was one thing they got to the free throw line really, really well. I think that they were about top half uh, or top 40 ish in free throw rate. They shot about, I think 18 of their points, 18% of their points came from free throws. So that's something that can help. But I mean, it's just a team that struggled to do a lot, man. It struggled to do a lot. Uh, this is a, it, I feel like it's going to be another rough ish season for, for the Texans. They shot 36% as a team, but they did get to the free throw line, like free throw line, like you said, kind of living there to an extent. Yeah. They slowed the game down a good amount, especially in conference play. Like you look at the scores last year in conference, and it's like they lost 60, 64 to 55, 71 to 54. Um, <clears throat> Uh, 60 to 58, 67 to 54. Like all these scores are like the same pretty much They They beat RGV to end the season, 63 to 52. Like all the games were like 60 to 50, like right. in that range. So um, a team who kind of played at a similar level throughout the season, uh, I think three or four of their wins were against division two teams here. Um, just they beat up on like UNT Dallas and uh, I'm Howard Payne. And uh, Bacon College, which I haven't heard of, but <laughs> that, uh, Bacon College. Um, and and their top two scorers, they returned both of them in Marissa Esca- Escamilla and uh, mm-hmm. Ivana Dorsey. So then you have uh, 5'11 Ford Lucy Benson's also returning. You add uh, one addition here I want to talk about, which I'm fascinated in, and which might actually get me to watch a Tarleton State women's game, is okay. Senabu. Sen- Tiam, time, Tiam, Tiam, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Six center from Arkansas State transfers to Tarleton State. And anytime you have a six six center, I'm down to watch. And especially coming from Arkansas State, which means she at least, you know, was a recruited player, someone who was talked about there. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe get to watch her a little bit. And they added uh, Tyler Jackson from La Tech as well, who averaged 13 minutes per game at, at at La Tech and La Tech wasn't a bad team, an awful team last year. So mm-hmm. you added those two players, you return, you know, perhaps your three best players. Uh, I don't know if the ceiling is much higher, especially with the conference getting better, but yeah. there's at least some avenues here for them to improve as a team. I think that you look at somebody like a Marissa Escamilla, I think she's probably she's one of the more productive forwards. If I'm being honest, like in the state, the state isn't that deep when it comes to forward play. I mean, that's really top heavy with Baylor and all that, but like, you look at somebody, you know, you have a forward averaging 14 and four and or 14 and seven, you basically have already a top caliber forward, but you know, is it going to be just her, right? Like she shot 40% from the field. Cause I think teams kind of knew that she, it was her. And uh, for some extent, uh, Emily Cunningham last year. And so I do kind of wonder what, it looks like when the team's kind of built around her now. Um, I know Ayana Dorsey's there still as well. Um, but yeah, geez, you add basically the uh, the best mid-major in the country in ACU or in SFA, I should say. Um, 
and you already struggled against some of the top teams in the in the conferences here, like Seattle and Grand Canyon. So you add more, you know, potentially better teams now. And, you know, I, I feel that this is going to be another year of kind of a sub 500 uh, probably you're probably punching your way up from the bottom of this conference um, because you mentioned it. They played North Texas in non-conference. They played Lamar in non-conference and it wasn't close, right? It was almost 20 point wins for both of those. And now you add Lamar <laughs> to you yeah. know the team that you lost to in non-conference, you add them to the whack. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be another rough one. Yeah. Um, they did win two out of three against UGR, UTRGV, which I think mm-hmm. will be, uh, you got to beat UTRGV this yes. year. Uh, that's kind of like my my uh, standard for for this team, Tarleton State, and vice versa. Whenever we do UTRGV, you're gonna have to beat Tarleton State. So yeah, that's the maybe a little rivalry matchup we can get going. Uh, yeah. Muster that up. Start some some Twitter beef between them some, or something. <laughs> start some Twitter uh, beef. Okay, I didn't know we were going that way. Tarleton State and UTRGV <laughs> women's <laughs> basketball teams. Uh, let's, let's let's get it going. But anyways. Um, that's going to be kind of my metric for them. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. All right. Prediction time for you, for Tarleton state women's team. You said 18 games. In yeah, the WAC. 18 games. I'm going to go five and 13. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like you said, the bottom of the wax is, is, is winnable here. You can, you can win some games here at the bottom. Well, I said like the bottom of the whack uh, for the, <laughs> So the problem was when I was talking about the men's Tarleton and, and then like, I think they were better than the bottom of the whack. I can't say for sure that Tarleton's yeah, Tarleton better than the, rest the bottom of the back. I was about to say, you mentioned the bottom of the whack. It's like, I think they might be in that category. <laughs> they, they beat Chicago state twice last year. Uh, if they beat RGV, you know, I, it can get to four. I'm just trying to muster these wins in my head here. I know, right? You're they're trying gonna to steal. They're gonna steal another one here or there, you know. Uh, give me six and oh, twelve. Who, who are they beating? They're beating. Give me six SFA. and twelve. I don't have to specify on this podcast. Six and twelve for Tarleton right. State here. Fine. I'm gonna go one up ish this time. All right, this guy. All right. By the way, shout out Caitlin Gilroy, who's uh, her twin sister. Kayla Gilroy was an intern at DCTF this past summer, so shout out to her. Shout out so, to them. Because it's student at Texas State, so. Oh, that I found that out like the last week that her twin sister played for Tarleton. So, oh, okay. Well, there you yeah. go. Maybe, maybe we'll uh, see how see how they do this year. All right, that's all we have. We'll keep it short. Well, not keep it short. We've been talking about Tarleton State for the past fifteen minutes. We love it. Um, the season's approaching. Uh, check out the magazine if you haven't already, whether that's pre-order or purchasing it. Um, and subscribe to all subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you get your podcast from uh check out all the basketball content at uh, texasbasketball.com dct basketball on twitter uh ishmael r johnson on twitter and matthew bruni underscore for me on twitter uh yeah keep up with all our stuff we have more preview podcasts coming out in the coming weeks i don't know who is next is san antonio we got san- south boston san antonio man UTSA, what a- texas state uiw oh juggernauts absolute juggernauts hey there's I, ways i don't want to hear sarcasm there's one there's one juggernaut potentially in there, I, so. I knew it i knew you were gonna <laughs> i knew you're just gonna just interject don't throw texas state in with utsa's issues come on now. i know it, utsa is just don't need to talk about it right now don't need we'll talk get about to it. we'll get to what's going on down there so <laughs> yeah check that out uh check out the next podcast and check out the other podcasts we have on our channel as well we appreciate y'all for joining us and we'll talk to y'all later